0: Welcome to the Cardiology Podcast, where we monitor the heartbeat of Browns fans. I'm your host, Mark Judy, and in today's episode, we're going to bask in the bright light of the Browns' victory over the Carolina Panthers, break down the news and highlights of the first week of the NFL season, and set the table for this week's home opener against the New York Jets at First Energy Stadium. So to get us started off, I'd like to welcome back my good friend, Sean Donovan, as
1: my co-host this week.
0: How are you, Sean?
1: Mark, if I was any happier, there'd be two of me. A week one win hasn't happened in 17 years. It's, it's a beautiful
0: thing. Oh, I know. I know. It's, it, it was one of those things I had all my family out. We actually went and um, I went to a watch party with the Northern summit Browns backers um, out at wing warehouse on wild lake and Stowe, um, And we went out there. Uh, we, all dressed up, everybody hollering. You can probably still hear it a little bit in my yeah, voice, yeah. I'm sure. Um, but we had just a fantastic time. I had my kids all dressed up and walking around there. Um, and, and I would tell anybody, if, you, if you're looking for a nice place to go watch the game, by all means, um, check out the Browns backers out there. Um, you know, I want to give a special thanks to um, Steve Slomberg and his group. They were very welcoming of everybody. Um, they run a, a bunch of raffles out there. If you're interested, they do 50-50, they do all kinds of stuff. And all of the proceeds of everything that they're doing and all the merchandise that they sell go right back to charity. So it's a really cool function. Had a great time. The, the main room was roaring with every play. Um, and, and they even have, for those of anybody who's looking for some a really cool place to watch the game, they have a video wall out in their outdoor a music area they have a they have a pavilion where they usually have bands and everything and they've put up a big video wall on the back wall of that and they have a lot of plans to have practically outdoor tailgating out there for the rest of the season so nice. anybody who's interested in checking that out sitting with fellow Browns fans I highly recommend doing that but more importantly we saw a fantastic nail-biting game uh, you know, it was really nice. I don't know about you, but I was happy to be on that side of the game for once. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, for years, the Browns have somehow managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, especially in that those opening games. Um, I'll tell you, though, if there are more games like that one, I'm going to need to get some nitro nitro pills or something from my doctor <laughs> because I don't know if my heart will take it. Oh,
0: no, no. I I mean, it was... It was one of those games. I think, I think we saw lots of things to love. We saw a few things that drive you nuts. It was interesting to watch Baker Mayfield from this side. I watched the game and I, and I looked at him and I, and I basically what it, what it came down to me was I was watching the same guy. I was watching the same guy who played for us. Lots of heart made some big plays when he could, but also, had some limitations that really stuck out as well. So luckily for us, it came to our side. And of course, that wonderful driver draw that Cade York had from 58 yards (laughs) to end that game. I don't know about anybody else, but I was watching that. I feel like he has more draw than most kickers because when he kicked that, I thought for sure we were going to get heartbroken. It looked like it was going out and then it just came right around. And drew right in between the goalposts. So just a fantastic moment. So, but before we get into too many of the specifics of that, because I know I know we're both chomping at the bit to talk about everything about that. Let's let's talk a little bit about some of the top NFL headlines that have been coming down. One of the big things that I would just call it is there were multiple close games that happened throughout the first week. Um, it wasn't just us. Saw a lot of games that were decided by a field goal or less. And I heard something when I was watching the Monday night game, the, the Seattle Denver game, Troy Aikman was speaking and he talked about the fact that everybody's got this trend now that where we're trying to follow the Los Angeles Rams model of sitting all the starters throughout the preseason to keep them healthy. And he made the call out that he thinks that's a little bit why we're seeing some of these stagnant offenses coming out in week one. And his best comparison was looking at what was happening right on that field with Russell Wilson versus Geno Smith in that game. Mm -hmm. Um, You had Russell Wilson, obviously, potentially future Hall of Fame talent. He doesn't have to be in the preseason. But at the same token, he's on a new team with new players who also didn't play in the preseason. And then you have Geno Smith on the other side, who's had to fight for his job all preseason long. So you had a guy who got a whole lot more reps and a whole lot more involved. And so, you know, even though that game was very, very close, I think everybody walked away pretty impressed with how sharp Geno Smith looked in his role. And I think that that was one of the call outs. And something to watch is how long is it going to take across the NFL for some of these offenses that we know, the the potent offenses like the Rams had an off week. How are those offenses going to start to click? When are we going to see that? I know you were tracking some stuff that was going on in the NFL. What did you see this week?
1: Probably the weirdest thing out of this whole first week, the AFC South has no wins. Washington beat the Jaguars, New York beat the Titans and the Texans and Colts played each other and they tied. And that just seems crazy to me. The AFC South is going to be up for grabs probably all season from the look of the first week, but on a more serious note, and this always happens, as you know, we first week you get a lot of injuries and unfortunately there were some pretty bad ones. You know, Elijah Mitchell sprained MCL. He's out for at least two months. He, um, he's coming off of an ACL injury last season. So that when he does come back, he's definitely going to be on a pitch count. Dak Prescott had thumb surgery. Doctors are saying six to eight weeks. Jerry Jones, in his infinite wisdom, is saying, oh no, we're not going to put him on IR. He'll be back in four. Yeah, d- yeah Dr. Jones there, yeah. Right. You know, and then the Eagles defensive end, Derek Barnett, he's out with an ACL for the season. Last night, Seattle safety, Jamal Adams has what, Pete Carroll referred to as a significant left knee injury. Uh, And then you got Kyle Fuller from the Ravens cornerback. He's out for the season with a bad ACL. And then the big one, especially affecting the AFC North for at least a couple of weeks is TJ Watt. You know, he tore his pec, and he said he was going to get two or three opinions. And he must've heard one that he liked because they said, you know what? I don't think you need surgery. He's going to be out in about six weeks. And then he'll come back. And on the flip side with the Steelers, you have Najee Harris. He's got a list Frank injury and they're going to have to keep an eye on that because, you know, one bad step and it could be the end of him too. So I think those are things that being in the AFC North, we got to keep an eye on see how it affects the rest of our season.
0: Well, and I think the interesting one, you know, I, and like you said, the big one with TJ Watt. If I were a Steelers fan, I'd be a little troubled by the idea that he didn't like the diagnosis he got and went looking for the one he wanted, because I think we've seen with his brother, his brother's had nagging injuries where he has tried to force himself to come back a couple of times and it's affected his entire season as he tried to do that. And I think we can all agree that TJ Watt is a fantastic player Mm -hmm. and he's such a big part of that Pittsburgh defense, while I don't need to see him while he rehabs here at the beginning of the year, and I'm I, I might be a little bit pleased about that. I sure as heck don't want to see a guy with a nagging injury that is just going to really hamper his production, hamper his year all the way through.
1: We had that with two guys last year, and look what yep, happened.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. So, so you're right, that'll be an interesting one to watch for. To tag on to that beyond the injuries, I think one of the big stories is just how the AFC North did coming out of the gate. And first we have Baltimore, who really kind of took it to the New York Jets, a 24 to 9 win over the Jets, where I don't know that Baltimore necessarily looked as strong as Baltimore can. You know, you had Lamar Jackson, who's just, he's an amazing talent and he put down three touchdowns passing, but they really didn't get the ground yards and didn't really get the passing yards that that score might've indicated. So that'll be interesting to see as time plays out. And then you had the Jets who decided they didn't know how to run a ball and decided to throw the ball 59 times. So that was a very interesting game. But then the one that I think everybody was really catching the end of right after we caught our win was the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game, which was just a wild one. You had a game there where Joe Burrow did not look very sharp. However, he looked sharp enough to get the team back in and get them close to the win And then you have this freak injury with their long snapper that affects every kick from Evan McPherson going through. And I think he missed two before he missed the final one in overtime. So I think he missed three full kicks for a guy who was the darling of their season last year and really was a big push for them going into the playoffs. So a really tough game for him, Pittsburgh's. Chris Boswell got an extra shot at it um, when he missed it. So a really back and forth game that almost ended in a tie went right down to the wire. What, how interesting would that have been to be going into the week two tied for first place with a tie for third place going on. That That would have been quite the story. So just, just an incredible games this week and, and a great kickoff to the 2022 season. But so we've we've done enough setup. We've done enough talking about everybody else. Let's talk about us. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about this 26 to 24 win. I think we were all just excited to get the monkey off of our backs of a first win of our of the season, first opener to win in a long time. And frankly, to have enough, I'm good. I don't need to worry about Baker Mayfield anymore. I told some friends that I was sitting in the bar. I was like, you know what? I'm watching the same guy. He's the same guy that played for us, the good and the bad. So, I mean, you saw a lot of of heart. He made some plays that kept them in, kept his team moving. But at the same time, some of those just head-scratching deficiencies, I guess, is what I would call them, that just drove you crazy. The amount of batted balls in just the first quarter. To be on this side and be counting them, and be thinking, oh, look at that, look at that, look at that. And then realizing that you've been living that life right. for for all the, these past years. And I, I looked at a friend at one point and I was just like, I, you know what? He's not my problem to have anymore. Right. I, I wish him all the best. And he maybe didn't have the best game he could have, but he had a good enough game to keep that team going. And I think the thing is the Carolina Panthers are us. They, They're us from probably like two years ago. No, it's it's the same kind of team. They, you know, a lot of people are talking about their defense, talking about the skills sets that they might have on that field. And they're talking about them being a dark horse to potentially get into the playoffs. And I think you're looking at that team through the eyes of, of the team that we had two years ago that ended up squeaking into the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to bring that same talent out of them. What are some key points that you saw in the game, Sean?
1: You know, um, first of all, Jacoby Brissett. You know, I like the guy. I really do. He went 18-34, 147 yards and a touchdown. He had great ball control. He really did. There were a couple of squeakers, kind of a little, couple of close calls, but for the most part, he knew where everything was going. He wasn't trying to force anything too much. And it's just a matter of coming back to what you said before. He didn't play a whole lot in the preseason. So he's still getting used to the offense and he's still getting trying to get more comfortable. And he even said it in his post-game press conference, he got very emotional about it. He's like, you know, I need to do more work. We need to do better. Yeah. You know, and, and a guy that had the game that he had and came out and said, I need to do better as opposed to the other guy, not even wanting to talk to the press, having a game that he had That just, that's just worlds of maturity over and that's, that's what you need.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Brissette has any allusions to who he is. And I think that your key point there, and I agree with completely, is how the offense look and them gelling and getting through. Because we forget that Brissette wasn't the only player on that field who hasn't been playing. Cooper hasn't been playing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones has been playing, but he also has been playing kind of out of position as other guys have come through. Chubb, Hunt, first time back on the field, but really the first time all of them together. And so I had that same kind of takeaway from that. You know, for me, one of the big things was just that the defense was on fire, but like you said, the offense was developing. So for the defense, they came out, they allowed just six yards total in the first quarter. You know, the number of batted balls... And and you could tell, just like every team that had been coming up against us in the last couple of years, and you could tell that they worked on it, you could tell, especially Jadavian Clowney, you could tell he was timing, he was looking for that throw and he was getting his hands up. And he, I think he had at least three batted balls just by himself and just really took control of that. Obviously, you know, Miles Garrett showed you once again why he's such a immensely popular player, an important player, and a potential defensive player of the year. Because when he wasn't in the backfield, he was disrupting everything. Right, Um, And there was that period right there, two sacks back to back, Mm -hmm. where he just dominated and there was no stopping him. So I saw the defense in a way that they were dominating. And then I saw an offense that was developing. I don't know that we can all Sit around and say Brissette had the greatest game ever. He managed that game. We had no mistakes, and you know we won. That's that's what I walk away with. And everybody who might get on, you know, whether it's Browns Twitter or on Sports Talk, and talk about we need more out of Brissette. We need more throws. He needs to make all these throws for this eleven games. Our backup quarterback just needs to win. Right, win when he can. Make as few mistakes as possible. So that's kind of what I took as my first point out of that. Absolutely. What else did you see? What it would what stuck out to you?
1: Um, well, I'm special teams. Corey Bajorquez, he was he was putting it right where it needed to be. He had some touchbacks, but that's that's gonna happen in the NFL all the time. But Katie York is just – he is, in my opinion, an automatic candidate for offensive rookie of the year or special teams rookie of the year if they have that. I don't – but, yeah, I mean, just – that leg, man, it, it's going to need to be bronzed when he retires. <laughs> They're going to retire his leg in the, yeah. In the stadium.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we haven't put him too high on a pedestal, I don't think. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I do think it, it's something else to have your debut come out and be that consistent. And, yeah. You know, I'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I, I would agree. And I would also tell you, I agree about Borges that Yeah, some there were some touchbacks, but you could see his ability to flip a field. Mm -hmm. Um, And that makes you a little bit comfortable, more comfortable for those times when we inevitably are not going to be able to drive the ball. We need somebody to be able to get us out of trouble. Um, So I saw some good things out of that, too. And 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 not to mention, he is part of the team that helps get those extra points in those field goals. So so that's a new role for him, a new team laces out. <laughs> yes, get those laces out and and he did his job and and it all played out really well. You know, I think I'm going to say that you're just being kind to me and let set me up a little bit here to give me my last point. And that is I think we got to talk about the double barrel rushing attack that happened. Absolutely. Um, We've been asking for it for years. We've specifically been asking for it from Kevin Stefanski. We wanted to see the ball run more. We wanted to see Chubb and Hunt in the same backfield, and we got it. And so you get this great game. Nick Chubb, he has a game just like, like he always does. Quiet, dominating, just taking it to them whenever he had the ball in his hands. And then how cool was it to actually see Kareem Hunt come out there and we haven't seen him all preseason and comes out there and he's just giving it his all, gets us two touchdowns, one reception, one running touchdown. Mm -hmm. And just the combination of those two, I watch all kinds of different other fan bases talk about their tandems in the backfield. And I just, I don't even know how anybody can talk about two running backs being anywhere near to the level of those two. And, And I think that was for me, the way that we committed to that run, the way that we played around the run. You talked about Brissett. He didn't hit some of those big plays and he missed on some stuff, but that intermediate passing game that he was doing was Mm -hmm. doing everything to protect the opportunities and open up the opportunities for those two running backs. And they took advantage of every chance they got.
1: Oh yeah. And I mean, you know, going off the running game, way to go, Anthony Schwartz, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: we were ready to write this guy off a couple weeks ago and he goes and they, they take a page out of San Francisco's playbook and put him in a Debo Samuel type role where he's doing these reverses and end arounds and stuff like that. And man, that kid can run. He, that's the speedster that we wanted. You just give him a lane and he's gone. Plus he actually caught a ball. So welcome to the NFL, Anthony. Yeah. Well,
0: last <laughs> week for you, <laughs> Last week, we talked about it on this podcast. I think that with Schwartz, you can't teach speed. And I think this idea that the Browns, why didn't we cut him? Why didn't we let him go? The reality is that you just can't get that part of a game back. And so the Browns are going to give him an opportunity. I I do think the leash is short. I do think that he's going to have to keep producing and he's going to have to keep showing something. Hopefully he took notes watching Donovan Peoples Jones step up in that game because Donovan Peoples Jones kind of showed us um, his willingness to fight for some catches and get those possessions and really keep drives moving. And and hopefully Schwartz keeps watching because I think it's just a matter of time before some of those balls start going to Njoku and I'm still, I'm waiting and I'm excited. I want to see David Bell in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The man who hasn't dropped a ball, I think, since he signed with us. So um, I want to see that on the field. So some good stuff. Well, we're going to keep talking about the game. We're going to talk a little bit about our game balls that we want to hand out to some of the players. And then we're going to get into what is week two. So not a lot of time to take a breath. We got to make sure we're up for the next game. But before we do that, we're going to take a little bit of a break and we're going to hear a little bit about our sponsor. Hey, everybody, it's Mark from the Cardiology Podcast, and I have an important question for you. Does your garage make you happy? If your life is anything like mine, the space in your garage just goes to waste because of overwhelming and embarrassing clutter. I mean, with all the tools, the toys, the bikes, the equipment. And whenever you open that garage door, that mess just hits you right in the gut. But it doesn't have to be that way. The team at CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More wants to help you take advantage of every inch of space your garage has to offer with their full turnkey design and installation services for garage cabinets, flooring, and other storage solutions. But don't be confused. The solutions they provide are not the cookie cutter racks and plastic bins you find at all the big box stores. From showroom quality garage flooring to durable powder coated wood garage cabinets, CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More has everything you need to turn your garage into the organized space of your dreams and have every one of your neighbors green with envy. So if you're tired of the mess and ready to bring the garage of your dreams into your everyday reality, you owe it to yourself and your family to check out all of the fantastic solutions CBs has to offer. You can contact Chris Burdett and his team today by heading to their website at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com or you can give them a call at 330-542-8416. On the site, you can request a free garage makeover guide packed with all kinds of great ideas and solutions that'll spark your imagination and help you visualize all of the potential your garage has to offer. It's time to feel the joy of a garage that meets all of your functional needs and looks fantastic too. Please let Chris help you make your dreams a reality today. Call him at 330-542-8416 or check him out online at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com and let Chris help you love your garage again. Okay, Sean. Now to finish out all our conversations about week one, I know we could spend a lot of time just enjoying this victory, but the NFL waits for no one and we got to move on to week two. But before we do that, give me your game ball that you want to hand out from this win. Who's the player who really stood out for you and made it happen?
1: It's got to be Nick Chubb for me. I mean, the guy is just, like you said before, he didn't say anything. He just did the job. 22 carries for 141 yards. He loves the game. And and I, I swear, I think he loves hitting, getting hit too, because he just, it's he's like a pinball. He gets hit, he goes faster. You know, on Friday, he put out a hype video on all of his social media. And that's probably the wow. most talk he's ever done hyping up a game or a season or anything. And if he's excited, then you know that this is going to be a good year. And plus, he's one of my star players on my fantasy team. So I I love the guy. I really do. I take him every year if I can. And he is, in my mind, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, Sean had an excellent fantasy
0: football weekend. Whereas <laughs> I have Dak Prescott as my starting quarterback, so I kind of took it on the chin this last week. Yeah. Um, but You're but I'll get there. I'll, get there. I'll get there. I got time. I got time. Week you one. I got time. Game. Well, I'm gonna give my game ball. I'm I'm gonna fall on my sword. I'm gonna I, as I mentioned before. People who have listened to the podcast know I am not. A fan of drafting kickers in the fourth round of the NFL draft, but I can't possibly um, not give props to our rookie kicker Cade York, who comes in four out of four field goals, including a wonderful 58-yard game-winning field goal. But on top of that, hit his extra points, and really, you know, as much as we might bemoan the idea that the offense didn't score touchdowns in in some of those drives and we do we we want those touchdowns um to be able to count on a young player to contribute in that manner and and start to just see that confidence building already Mm -hmm. is really going to be very very powerful for the team It's going to be really important for us going forward. I still want to see how this all translates to the winter and the the winds coming off the lakefront because we all know how that messes with kickers. So, But at the same token, I think that this is a kid who has shown a willingness to learn. He's shown a willingness to get in there and someone who isn't, isn't happy with just one game's performance. He actually called out, I don't know if anybody saw this or if you saw this, the question came up as to why we didn't allow him to kick a field goal in our first, we had a, I think a fourth and five that we had towards the beginning of the beginning of the game, where I think all of us thought that we were going to let him come out and kick. And Cade York's response was that the coaching staff had told him that they didn't want his first kick to be that long. They wanted him to get some confidence. They wanted him to get started and get rolling. And it's interesting. It kind of goes against some of the, Things that I saw in the Monday night game where they trotted out, trotted out a player to try to win the game with a 64-yard kick instead of going for it. Um, it it goes in the other face, but but he had that confidence and he made all those kicks. And I think we're gonna be happy with that. I'll be happy with that pick and I'll forget about the draft before too long. (laughs) All right. Well, again, a wonderful win, 26-24. We get to go 1-0. and We are in a three-way tie for first place in the AFC North, but we can't wait and we can't rest on it. So now we got to get ready for week two, the home opener. We're going to be at First Energy Field, and we will be welcoming the New York Jets, who uh, are a little bit sore coming off of their loss to Baltimore. I think that they expected to do better to start. Although I I do think a lot of people underestimated what it would be like to have Joe Flacco step in that late um, in the preseason to get rolling with that team. But they're coming off a game where they did not look very good. Talked earlier about 59 passes. Other analysts have said it that's not the way you win the first game of the season. That's not the way you win most games of the season. So not a lot of running plays, not a lot of pressure put on their young rookie running back that they're supposedly expecting quite a bit out of Brees Hall.
1: Yeah. He only Um, had 23 yards.
0: Yeah. And, and, and a coach who I like Robert Sala. I like, I like his mentality. It'll be interesting to see how that continues to play in his locker room. I mean, he's in New York and New York media and, and fans chew up and spit out good coaches all the time, right. but he's coming out. He's definitely got an us against them mentality. He told people that he was keeping receipts right. of everybody who was doubting his team to start with. And he's going to come in to what I hope to be a very hostile environment. That's what I'm looking to see out of our fans up at the stadium, but, uh, It'll be interesting to look at what, what, are, what are some of the keys to the game that you see, Sean, for our matchup with the Jets?
1: You know, just what we've said talking about the Carolina game, the offense just needs to keep gelling. These guys weren't playing in-game situations, so they need to just get more accustomed to each other, get more comfortable, and, you know, we just need to do what works. We, which is run the ball. Everyone says it, that we have the best running back duo in the league. So we just need to use them. And it worked last week and it'll work this week. That's, that's a big one. The second big one to me and, and third big one is defense, defense, defense. These guys were only on the field for 21 minutes and 34 seconds. There's no reason Carolina should have been able to come back. We had some miscommunication in the secondary the guys up front were great. Christian McCaffrey hardly went anywhere. So I, I just think you can't sleep on Joe Flacco. He, he knows how to beat the Browns because he's done it many times. Sure. Um, you know, he's, he's still through for 307 yards and a touchdown with one interception. So you just, you can't go to sleep on Joe Flacco and the Jets yeah
0: agreed agreed more more out of the defense being able to clean up some of that miscommunication which again guys not playing together during the preseason mm-hmm. not knowing who they're handing off coverage to what's happening there with me i'm going to i'm going to go with my first key to the game is capitalizing on opportunities i think we need to make sure that we're transitioning these field goals into touchdowns we saw two major opportunities readily seen on screen a missed long pass to Amari Cooper that looked like it could go long, a missed pass to Kareem Hunt that was going all the way down the sideline. But there was also another play that I saw captured where, you know, Brissett looking for the first down, trying to check down, missed the wide open David Njoku out in the flat on his, on his blind side. And honestly, We, we capitalize on that opportunity. David probably runs all the way to the end zone on that one. There was no one near him. Um, So being able to capitalize on those opportunities and then the momentum from the defense. So, so yes, we want the defense to step up, just like you're saying, can we capitalize on that momentum? I'd like to see, I'd like to see some more turnovers. I'd like to see us actually force a little bit more obviously we got the, uh, interception from Mayfield at the, in this last game, but I, but I really think our defense has shown a lot in the preseason, a lot of guys who are willing to hunt that ball down. And I, I want to see more of that translate and get some more big opportunities that we can capitalize on. Um, and then the, the last key that I have, and it plays a little bit off of what you were talking about with the rushing game. And that is, our play calling. And what I want to pose the question is, Kevin Stefanski evolving, or is this an aberration that we saw this last week? So we complained all last year about the the mix of the play calling, that we weren't running the ball when we should, that we were relying too much on the pass. And we've seen first in the setup of this roster, we've seen some key positions that we thought that Kevin Stefanski was married to the tight ends, Mm -hmm. um, the fullback that he has now not protected and not focused on. We see our first game where we have, it was a pretty balanced attack, even though, you know, obviously the rushing attack was so effective. It boiled down to 39 rushing plays versus 34 passes. So very, very even there. I'm just interested to see, are we going to start to see an era where, Stefanski as a third year head coach is starting to understand the ability to lean on the talent that's on the field to maximize what you have and not just what you want mm-hmm. um, and see that or is what we're seeing a, a short-term fix for an 11 week problem. Um, and are we, are we focused on a certain type of play calls for Jacoby Brissett that we're potentially going to shelve, when we see Deshaun Watson come back. So I'm I'm hopeful for the first and yeah. I want to keep watching it and I'm hoping that that's what we're seeing and I'm hoping that Chubb and Hunt continue to make this a no-brainer. Yeah. But I think that that is a big that's a big key to the game can Stefanski continue to play to the strengths of this team that are being demonstrated on the field as opposed to trying to outthink make it the other team. And if and if and if he can do that if if he can basically, you know, I hate to use the cliche, but he if he can use what the other team has given him, I think that we can continue to have a lot of success with whether it's Brissett, whether we end up seeing Josh Dobbs or or just however we're going in this first eleven. I, I feel good. And I actually feel like it is the right place to be when Watson does come back because there's no guarantees in this in this league. We talk about how rusty. Brissett looks by not having three preseason games uh watson's going to be out for 11 games where Mm -hmm. he's not even practicing with the team right so so for that right and so there's no guarantee that when he comes back week 13 that he is ready to play right so so are we going to put ourselves in the best place through play crawling, through our strategy to be ready that if that's not ready to roll when he comes back, that we are still moving forward and making a push towards the playoffs. So that's, that's the big thing that I'm looking at. So we're going to come back here for our last words. But before we do that, we need to go out still on location in Florida. Our friend Gary Mars out in Florida, still finishing up his vacation. And we're going to go into his picks for the week.
2: Hey, Gary, how are you? I'm great. I'm in Florida. I'm uh sitting here in a warm weather, getting ready for more football. Can't be doing much better.
0: It was a great first week, and uh I think we did passable with so our scoreboard here. I have the tally. You check me and see if I'm if I'm correct here. I have it that you went three and two last week uh, yep. against the spread. I uh took two and three. That that damn Dak Prescott injury really kind of messed with me there. But um and then the big one is that we both got over on the coin. The coin only came in one in four. So, so far, I feel
2: like we're doing all right. Hey, you know, what? anytime in, in the first place, I'm happy with that. So uh, <laughs> would love to, have, love to be perfect as far as my score go. But, you know, hey, I'm in first, so that's good.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Well, we'll see. All right,
2: let's go ahead.
0: Let's see what you got this week. What game are we going to start with?
2: All right, we're going to start with the Patriots-Steelers. It's kind of a toss-up. The Patriots are only minus a point and a half versus the Steelers. So at Pittsburgh, uh, that's kind of a toss-up there. So the question is, who's going to win that one? Patriots are always strong. They surprised me kind of the first week a little bit. uh, But so did the Steelers, actually. I really thought the Steelers were going to get kind of run over. Uh, They looked a lot better than I thought. They had a really, really strong defense. Of course, they've had some injuries now that uh, really could affect them. But I'm still gonna pick the Steelers to to cover that spread and and uh, you know with the with the one and a half points, I guess I should say in our covering the spread, they get a point and a half. Uh, so I'm gonna pick the Steelers with that point and a half to win.
0: Okay, so yeah, this is this is is a close one and a hard one because the question is so was Pittsburgh that good? was Cincinnati that bad to start that game because there were, there was really quite a bit going on in that one. And then, yeah, I was pretty surprised by new England. Um, I would say in a general, uh, maybe like on a neutral field or if this game was in new England, I I'd be leaning towards potentially taking new England. Cause I don't think they're going to lay two eggs in a row, but being that this is in Pittsburgh home game, I'm going to go along with you. I'm going to also take Pittsburgh and, uh, Take that point and a half.
2: There you go. Well, I will say the fates disagree with us. The uh, coin flip picked the Patriots, so we'll see how we do against that. Next game up would be the Dolphins at the Ravens, and the Ravens are minus three and a half in this one, so they're favored over the Dolphins. You know, both teams I thought looked uh, fairly good the first week. I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one, though. I I think uh, they just, to me, feel a bit stronger. They feel more well organized, and I just I don't know. I just got a feeling for them. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins. All right.
0: Well, I would agree that this one isn't isn't that cut and dry. I think I'm going to go with Baltimore, though. I think I'm going to see how um, this Lamar Jackson version of a revenge tour kind of thing where he is going to ball out <laughs> to get that new contract or not. So I'm intrigued enough to actually give him a, give him a week. So I'm actually going to go ahead and I will give up the three and a half points and I will take Baltimore in on that one.
2: Wow, all right, it's not a bad pick because I think I think this one's a tough call, but I will say the fates agree with you and the uh, the coin flip point with the Ravens as well. So next uh, pick is the Bengals at the Cowboys. And the Bengals, I, I don't know, surprisingly are minus eight and a half points versus the Cowboys. Now I get it, the Cowboys are gonna be kind of minus that uh, press fat here. So there's some issues going on there. But eight and a half points, a lot of points. Yes. The Bengals looked pretty bad the first week, but I don't think that's going to repeat. I, I think they're, they're a much better team than they look like initially. Uh, you know, they, they made it all the way uh, last, uh, last year. So I, I think that was an anomaly. So I, I get a little bit about the eight and a half points, but uh, again, I still think that's a lot, but uh, all that said, I'm going to go with the Bengals with the eight and a half points, just uh just because I think they're going to be looking for a little bit of comeback this week. They're, they got some pride. They got kicked last week. They're they're just going to come back and try and win and win big.
0: I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. And the biggest reason I'm going to go with Cincinnati is I don't think Dallas has a plan. You don't, you don't have Dak Prescott on the field. Amari Cooper's now in Cleveland. Is CeeDee Lamb really going to be able to carry this team? And is Ezekiel Elliott going to have a Renaissance this year? I mean, he looked pretty decent, um week one but the same token is he's fallen off quite a bit until dallas shows me some kind of plan some kind of uh, focus i have more faith that cincinnati kind of stubbed their toe coming out of the box and will c- bounce back so it, you're right it is a lot of points to give up but i'm gonna go ahead and take cincinnati win this one as well
2: coin went with the bengals as well uh minus eight and a half. So we're all, everybody's picking them. Okay. So what do we got next? Next, we have the Bears Packers and the Packers are minus nine and a half, which is, it's just interesting to me for a team that lost last week, but they, they're that heavy of a favorite this week. And in fact, that's kind of why I'm going to pick against them. I, I just think, I think the Packers got a lot to show still. They got a lot of talent, but they, they really don't, you know, they, they haven't established NBA wide receiver yet. Uh, even though uh, Aaron Rodgers is a, always a solid quarterback. He's got nobody that he's established yet as, a, as an established threat at wide receiver. I think the Bears, they, they look kind of solid. I, I don't know if they're a threat to do a lot, but they, they look solid. I think nine and a half points is a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears uh, with the nine and a half points. I, we're going to be boring
0: again because I, I kind of agree with you. I think I just see Green Bay winning this game but I don't see them covering that full nine and a half. So I'm going to go with exactly. Chicago and take those points.
2: All right. So we kind of agree there because, yeah, I think Green Bay is going to win. But, yeah, I, I see no way to cover that nine and a half. The coin does disagree with us. so They're going with the Packers in nine and a half points. So uh, we get a little right. bit of disagreement there by the fates. So we'll see how that works out. Next game is the uh, Titans and the Bills. And, again, a big spread in this game. The Bills are minus 10 points. Um, which is a lot of points. Uh, and but that said, the Bills are an incredibly talented team. They they showed it the first week. Uh, I think the Bills are gonna be uh, a force to be reckoned with all season long. Uh, we've seen it, we we know they've got a lot of talent there. So the question is, you know, are they that strong that you you're gonna go with them minus 10 points against a, a Titans team that well, again, I'm not convinced it's going to go far. Uh, you know, they're they're not pushovers, so you know, ten points is a lot. But that all said, as I look at it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against my instincts, and I'm really gonna go with the Bills and minus ten.
0: This game in the back half of the year, I think I picked completely different. I I haven't seen a lot um, out of either either team. Like Buffalo came out on fire is Buffalo really that strong or is there something going on with Kansas city all of a sudden, like, what were we seeing that just was not right. And I have a hard time with the idea that Tennessee has fallen that far. I mean, right. Derek Henry's healthy. They've got some different receivers down there. Um, that defense is still in the same place. It was gosh, you know what? I am going to go against my instinct here um, because I have the same feeling about this game that I had about the Dallas game last week, and that came back and bit me. So I am going to, I'm not going to give up 10 points. I'm going to take the 10 and I'm going to take 10
2: Tennessee. It's never, never a bad call to take 10 points. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, The fates uh, are going with me on this one. The coin actually said the bills. So we'll see how that works. The next game we got is the Vikings and Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are minus two and a half points in this one, so the Vikings are at the Eagles. Uh, you know, again, that's a that's a much tighter point spread, so that makes a lot more sense to me. Uh, I think both teams are fairly evenly matched in this one, but I like I like Minnesota. I think Minnesota's just got a few more weapons in terms of wide receivers, certainly at running back. Um, I just think all around, it's just a little more of a rounded team. So I'm going to go with Minnesota on this one, you know, with the two and a half points.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go with you on this one because I, I think the same thing. Um, I, both these teams were impressive week one, but I, I feel like Minnesota really showed a lot. And so how they seem to have taken to Kevin O'Connell and the new coaching staff Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be some energy going on there. Can they keep it going? I don't know, but I'm not convinced yet that Jalen Hurts can carry Philadelphia throughout the season and continue to make this work. Mm-hmm. Um, his connection with AJ Brown was was significant and big week one, but Minnesota's a little bit of a different animal. So I I am gonna go with Minnesota. Um, I'm going to go ahead and Philadelphia can give me those two and a half and, and I'll ride with Minnesota.
2: Probably the most boring pick of the week because the fates agree with us both on this one. It's coins going with Minnesota as well.
0: Well, this is a busy week and a lot of different games, but we have not picked the most important game on the schedule yet. So, so let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about our home opener. What do you got? What are you thinking?
2: Well, it's interesting to me, the Browns were underdogs last week, and this week we're coming into the game minus six. So we're a heavy favorite. Uh, Part of that is the fact we're playing at home. Uh, Part of that is we actually won last week, obviously. And that the Jets, while they look strong, they they, they didn't look quite as strong. But but the Jets, you know, they're not a pushover. They, they had a lot of yards last week. They definitely had some solid offense. Um, I think they're a team that we got to watch out for. They're gonna be, they're gonna be underestimated all year long. I think is the the problem with the Jets. So, I think I think it's a team we got to be careful with as we approach this week. Uh, but that said, I think the Browns look solid last week. I think Brissett's uh, gonna be better this week as he gets a little more comfortable. I think hopefully the play calling is going to be even better this week as well. And I'm going to go ahead and take the Browns, um, you know, even, even with the negative six points.
0: All right. Well, I too, we're, we're, we're very, very boring. Um, but <laughs> I, I too am going to go with Cleveland and, and the way I see it, I, I expect the Browns to settle down. We heard Jacoby Brissett in his post-game press conferences Admit to just being very, very excited and very, very emotional about his chances and about being involved in the game. And I expect that to settle down a little bit at home, but I also expect the defense to feed off of the home opener atmosphere in a major, major way. I am going to go ahead and give up those six points to the Jets. I am going to believe in the Browns settling in and, of course the power of Brownie the Elf coming off that field. I can't imagine go. how I could pick against that in the first game. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Browns in this one.
2: Yeah, no, and I I got to say that, you know, Brownie the Elf, that's a great thing. Uh, the coin and the fates uh, uh, agree with us as well. They went with the Browns too. So, uh, you know, this pick we're all pretty consistent on and uh, hopefully hopefully we're all right because I'd love to see a nice uh, nice. Uh, dominant Browns win this week.
0: All right. Well, looks like we we've got a couple of variances here. Looks like we got a Miami, Miami, Baltimore game to be paying attention to, to see what happens. Buffalo, Tennessee game to see what happens. So um, we'll see if I can't catch up and at least level the playing field. I want to thank you again. Thanks for calling in again on your vacation for Pete's sake. Go back to work, man. Like, I don't (laughs) I don't know what you're doing down there but it's time it's time to start living with the rest of us but come on back uh we'll be happy to see you when you get back hopefully we'll get you back in here into the into the pub studio we'll get you back online but uh you be safe down in florida and have continue to have a great time
2: looking forward to being back all
0: right, all right. thanks a lot gary thank okay thanks again gary for giving us those picks hopefully i do a little bit better than last week, and we continue to roll with this. But now it's time to kind of round the turn. We're gonna get our last couple of thoughts in here for um, this upcoming game against the Jets. Sean, what are what are some of your last thoughts? And why don't you give me your prediction
1: for the game? You know, first home game of the season, brand new field chosen by the fans, uh, with Brownie right in the 50-yard line.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Looks really great. Uh, it is the one I voted for. I think it's going to look great from the Goodyear blimp angle and everything. You know and- what?
0: It's not the one I voted for,
1: but I voted for that
0: brownie. There was the other option where they were going to put the current helmet in the middle, but then they were going to put him in the in the corners of the end zone, but it was going yeah. to be the stiff arm brownie. I'm not a ginormous fan. I've never been a ginormous fan of brownie. I will say it's been growing on me the last couple of years and yeah. especially to I mean, a little bit. Um, but yeah i would agree with you it it, it does look kind of cool even even if it's just a quirk for a year it's kind of neat to have something a little bit different out there but but i digress go ahead and give me your give me give me your
1: prediction what do you got you know i'm telling you like i like i said before you can't sleep on joe flacco as long as the d holds we're going to be 2 and 0 and i'm going to say browns 21 jets 10
0: great great you know what you well you've heard me on the last segment so you know you know i'm picking the browns again and we're going for it again um, more specifically, I'm, I'm very close to where you're, I, I think, I think about 24, 10 and, and it's going to, the big piece is going to be, if we get into another aerial attack coming out of Flacco, like he had last week, yeah. you know, can we hold him to the single touchdown? Just like what happened last week to him in Baltimore. All and right. if you can, you can let him throw up and down the field, but if he's only getting that one touchdown out of it, and our our cornerbacks clean up some of the those communication issues. We make sure you know some of these hard hitting safeties. I just I just love watching those guys fly around to the ball. Yeah. Um, every time, every time I see Delpit make a play, every time I see Emerson get in there and get get a play. Um, I just, I'm, I'm very excited for the future. And I will also say the combination of JOK and Anthony Walker spying on Christian McCaffrey in that game was huge. You had probably JOK making less of the splash plays, but the more consistent plays. Mm -hmm. And then you saw Anthony Walker just flat out hawking him and going, going and trying to take his head off. So um, those guys in the middle, keeping that, keeping everybody honest, in the middle with the with the rushing game and backing up that young and gelling D line that we're looking for to mm-hmm. continue to get some um, reps out of them, I I just think some good things can come. And I I'm always hopeful that we score more points if we translate some of those missed opportunities, like we talked about this week. Um, we could score yeah. quite a few points, but I, more importantly, I'm looking I'm looking for ten or below out of the Jets, and and I think we we take it nice and easy into what is going to be a short, short week with yeah. a big game coming up where we're going to have that Thursday night game against Pittsburgh. So I, I want to take a second, just say, hey, thanks to Sean um, for coming and joining me again um, and share, sharing your thoughts on on the games. It's It's always nice to talk to you. Thanks for coming in. We'll continue to keep seeing you at different times throughout the season. Anytime um, you want, Mark. Yeah, we we will be gearing up, of course, next week. We will have a short week, short turnaround for us as well as we get an episode out and get get talking to everybody before the big Pittsburgh game. That's going to be a huge one, I think. It, I, I talk about it all the time how you how you finish in the AFC North is so instrumental to how you get into the postseason, and our ability to take advantage of what might be. A Pittsburgh team that is not at its best um, is going to be critical, especially when we end up facing them again in in the throes of December when it really matters. Um, So trying to make sure we come out ahead, come out focused, and get into that game is going to be a big thing. But we will talk about that more next week. Um, we'll go through, we'll talk about hopefully a great win in our home opener, fingers crossed. And we will again, go through, we'll talk about the game, break it down. We'll have Gary come back, talk about picks again. We'll get you started for the, the week three and, and we will just have a great time once again, sharing our thoughts on the Browns and talking with all of you. So uh, once again, for Sean, I want to thank everybody for tuning in the cardiology podcast once again we are sponsored by cb's custom garage interiors and more so if you need some help with your garage you make sure you check out chris and his team and how they can help you with that but for all of us here everybody get your voices prepped back up i'm gonna rest mine i'm gonna make sure i have plenty of beer in the fridge ready to rock and roll on sunday and let's get out there and cheer on the browns as they take on the jets have a great week We'll talk to you soon. Go
2: Browns.
0: Go Browns.